What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to yet another Zoom edition of the Dogs Football Podcast here on this September 15th. It is Friday, day before the war for the wheel. We got our tickets just the other day, yesterday to be exact. And we're ever so excited because it's always fun to go to Cape Girardeau. I'm Nick Mullen, joined by Noah Alert and Noah. Some of our it's our favorite game to go to, basketball or football. Definitely football. The vibes are just different. It's Obviously, it's a more true rivalry in football than we get in basketball. But we'll talk about the Red Hawks at the end of this. We have some things. We won't go as long, but it's the typical good pod before a big game. Know what's going on. Yeah, definitely excited. Uh, it's a war for the wheel. I mean, like you said, it's been a rivalry here in the last couple last couple of years i mean coach took's done a really good job with that program getting them back and being coming a power in the ovc and becoming some team that you gotta kind of respect throughout the country um they're they're right there ranked up with us this is the highest ranked matchup ever between this series and we've been playing almost 100 years so um excited for this one can't wait for it i think i seen today where um we were talking in my group chat on on x and um 100, 100 about 100 tickets left so it's going to be a sellout hope everybody has their tickets especially on the wayside because when we got ours the other day there wasn't much left yeah a lot of the higher on the on the bleacher side for the road and everything near excuse me the sideline was definitely Taken up and it should be a sellout along with the rivalry, but it's only 45 miles away. Like we should, it should be heavy maroon in that place. It's always super, super fun. You mentioned the, the where we both rank. We'll get into all that. Uh, definitely the game of the week amongst everybody in the nation. So we'll talk about everything typical going up to that. And there's a small tweak to the depth chart. It's not much though. We'll dive into that. And it's just some other things here, but no, let's kick off like we always do. With the commits, we've talked about how there's not always the best information, and we're going to try to get to the bottom of it and try to seek out more help for them to, I guess, yeah, the players in general to tell us how they're doing. We'll, we'll do that probably in the near future. But, no, you told me only a couple guys you have on of our commits of what they did this past week. Yeah, uh, starting with our linebacker, Ben Feigl, um, his team, and it's 2-1 and one on the year so far got a win last week over Lake Park 47-21 he had six tackles a tackle for loss four QB hurries so he's doing his thing up there they're on the road this week at St. Charles North a 2 and 1 football team so look to continue going get the 3 and 1 and expect him to have more tackles so he's he's a team his coach is doing a great job posting his stats every week and we appreciate that then going down to Louisville and our athlete and Lucas McDaniels, his team's 4-0. They won last week 18-13 to over Holy Cross, so a good win there. Then they're at home this week against a Wagner team, 1-3, uh, so expecting the roll to 5-0 and this week over um, a not a very good team. Staying down in the Louisville area, our, our QB commit, who I'd love to have some stats for, but I don't, E.T. Harris, also 4-0. Big win over Walton Verona last week, 43-7. to Then they are on the road this week at John Harden, a 2-2 two two team. So expect a pretty good, day, pretty good game there. So hopefully um, E.T. continues what he's doing and keeps winning. Uh, also down in the Louisville area, Nate Tronzo, our DN commit, 2-2 two two on the year. 
win over Carmel last week, 41-14. They are on the road as well this week against a 2-1 male high school. So um, hopefully our Louisville guys continue their winning ways and continue a strong season. Other places, our corner, our corner commit, Denim Mitchell, they're three in the three and zero on the year at Madison Central High School. A big win over Gulfport last week, 23-21. Um, they're also on the road this week against a two and one Northwest Rankins High School. So pretty good game there. Um, other QB commits, uh, Jake Curry. Edwardsville High School, 3-0 and on the year. Big win over Soldan Sumner Co-op, who's 0-3 on the year, 47-6. to They're on the road at O'Fallon this week, so that should be a almost like a, a rivalry game. And uh, hopefully Jake can continue his strong season. Um, I did not see stats um, for him for last week, but on the year. Um, weird that first week against Jackson, he was – we talked about him. He was 26 of 42 for 332 yards, four touchdowns and a pick. Um, but against Cahokia, he only threw nine pass tents, five and nine, no touchdowns only and had an interception in that game, but he ran the ball for seven, seven times for 41 yards in that game. So um, two different types of game, I guess like SIU season where Nick Baker does a lot in the first game and the offense looks really good. Then the second game got to just take what they give you and win a football game but they're like I said at O'Fallon you and I go up to O'Fallon for basketball shootout every year so that'll be a good environment to play up there so expect a good one there other QB commit Blaine Sisson two and one on the year for Mount Carmel a win over Robinson last week 45-14 they're also on the road this week 0-3 Newton expect Mount Carmel to roll them to improve to three and one on the year um, so He's going to continue. Then our own line guys, uh, Jack Lindsay down in Owensboro, Kentucky. Tough year for them so far, one and three. A loss to Owensboro Catholic last week, 33-28. Also on the road this week, Graves County, two and two team. So expect Jack to continue his thing. Then Quentin Boke over in Evansville. They get a win to improve to 4-0 of last week over Evansville North, 24-7. Also on the road this week, so a lot of road games, just like SIU on the road. At Evansville Central, an 0-4 team, Quentin did post some highlights, watched him, really liked what I saw, kind of a gritty player. I mean, he's playing left tackle, getting out on screen passes, taking cornerbacks, pushing them to the sideline, and finishing strong. So good finisher right there. Like seeing those highlights from him. Hopefully some other guys post eventually some highlights. Um, so a lot of guys on our last guy, over in Webster Groves, Missouri, Tyrese Reed. Webster Groves, one and three on the year. Lost last week to Oakville, 35-24. But last night they played Parkway South and got a 37 to nothing win. Um, so Tyrese is doing his thing. I did get some stats on him last, last night against Parkway South. He did have three tackles, three tackles. They're all tackles for loss and a sack. Um on the year, he has 12 total tackles, two sacks, and a fumble recovery. So um, pretty good for Tyrese as an interior defense lineman in high school. So um, he's doing his thing, or commits are doing a thing. Only a couple teams that don't have great records, but like always when we cover our commits, a lot of winning guys, and we just go into programs where they're winners, and 
they come here expecting to win just like we want them to. So um, forgot one, Aiden Morardi, a tight end commit. They're one and two on the year. 41 nothing win, got their first win last week over Plainfield. Also on the road this week at Plainfield South, 0-3. So expected them to get to back 500, 2-2 on the year. So commits, good luck this week. We'll be in your DMs because some of you, I would love to know how your stats are looking. Great job once again. That's a lot there for everybody. And we know our listeners, again, and that's what we will say to these to these guys are, you know, we get the word out about how you're doing. We give, you know, the listeners a sneak peek of what they have to offer before they come here and prove it in Carbondale that we think, you know, we, you know, we'd be lucky enough to have them uh, give it to us. And so, yeah, if some of them are listening now, uh, they'll be able to already know that this is coming, but they will, DMs will be coming to you guys. Uh, obviously, you don't have to send us stuff. We, um, you know, we respect everything that you guys would give us or not give us. But just know we will be doing it because I agree. We need to know what these guys are doing. Some guys will have huddle highlights that will post maybe a stat on there as well. Or you can kind of get the gist on their video, how well they do for the most part. Um, so great job again. Yes, we'll try to get that narrowed down here as our season goes along as well. Should be a lot of information getting up towards with our, with our bye week and not a whole lot else to talk about. It might be a heavy uh, recruit and commit pod if we get all the information that we need. Uh, did notice, yes, we did wish all the guys luck for their weekend games or their Friday games. Um, all the guys from Ben Feigl, Denham Mitchell, who Denham and his uh, football team and his athletic department posted earlier about uh, just some get-to-know-you stuff about Denham, which was cool. But uh, even guys we don't have, you know, aren't commits just yet are posting good luck stuff. But we did have one from Lucas and most of the top guys. Haven't seen most of the others uh, like E.T. Harris and then post it just yet. Yeah, we'll retweet him. And of course, over time, we'll retweet as many things as we see. Um, so great job again, Noah, on that. Uh, and then segueing to former Salukis. And Noah, just a quick touch up because we know guys have left us and we're always, you know, somewhat uh, disappointed when it happens. And we kind of just look in the rearview mirror, don't look in the rearview mirror and kind of just say, okay. Good luck to you, but we don't care much about you anymore. You know, the only reason why I feel like mentioning Richie Haggerty and Clayton Bush is because not only are they at pretty prominent schools, one of which we already beat and one we're looking to beat in a couple of years. You just told me, you know, as a pretty, you know, big Illini football fan, and we know that Clayton Bush is getting pretty good snaps there, that he's doing well and he's not making any mistakes yet that we've seen here. But no, I feel like it's it's something worth doing because both guys are doing pretty well for their Big Ten schools. Yeah, it's good to see. Uh, obviously, Northwestern not the best school to be at right now, I'd say, but for football. But Richie's doing his thing like he did here, playing it, playing his ass off. So, nothing didn't expect anything less from him than. Yeah, didn't know exactly when uh, Clayton transferred to Illinois, how much time he get, but the starting safety. Um, missed the first two games, and Clayton stepped in and played decently well. Obviously, um, a rough patch last week at Kansas, dealing with a dual-threat quarterback like Jalen Daniels. So um, expect a big one. If I told you today, if SLU didn't have a, a game, if it was their bye week, I would probably be up in Champaign to watch Penn State. That'd be a, That's going to be a really cool game, um, chance to beat a top-seven team in the country at home 
this is a team they beat last year in like three or four overtime. So exciting to see that one. So hopefully Clayton can play well against a really good team. Yeah, I think it's we like we love the guys we have now. It's like seeing that this is what Clayton can do. He's talented enough to start at Illinois, where they've produced recent draft picks in the secondary. Not saying that will be Clayton, but just the fact that they're looking for guys. They've been having transfers fill in, and he's been doing his doing his thing. Six total tackles, four on his own. He does have a fumble recovery as well, and then Richie has about five total tackles, but he gets a lot of snaps too. And both are. And again, you know, I feel like Richie left on weird terms. Clayton. Uh, he entered the portal before stayed, and now he's gone. I feel like there's less, you know, what you know, disdain for him leaving, and because he's on a team we like, we don't care much for Northwestern, of course. But uh, um, just had to mention that because they are guys that are at high levels. You know, we're not going to mention much about guys who leave or are low levels or spurned us in a bad way. Even and he didn't spurn us in a bad way, but G and eighty is on a crappy Indiana State team. It's like stuff like that. Guys, you miss kind of, and we know how much this team would would love a Richie. And a Clayton, but we love the guys we have now. Uh, quickly, NFL Salukis, a fresh week, week two for the guys. Jeremy is playing the North, the, and the Panthers are playing the New Orleans Saints. Michael and the Falcons playing the Green Bay Packers, the New Look Packers, and then Ryan Neal and the Buccaneers are getting the Chicago Bears. We'll recap how they did on the next one. Noah, quickly here, I feel like it's important to mention this, and you tweeted about it. We'll get around the FCS here, and it, it was brought to our attention that Wyatt Wheeler of Missouri State uh, reported um, and confirmed that obviously old um, commit of ours, Connor Lair, who's now there, has recently been diagnosed with cancer, and he's fighting, uh, and they've been doing a whole thing with him post about you know Connor's fight and everything. And um, you know, at first it's like, you know, and we appreciate it so much because he was a part of SAU for a little bit, even though he's he's on a conference rival. It's always, you know, it, it felt important to us to mention this. And I'm glad you did a tweet that we retweeted that we are behind Connor Lair and his and his cancer fight, because obviously it's just a terrible thing. So we wish Connor the best, um, you know, in his fight and hopefully he'll be on the field before you know it. And we would like to play them and even. And if he was able to play, he would have been here in a couple weeks in Carbondale. So uh, we're behind Connor Lair and his cancer fight. Looking forward to seeing him on the field at some point. Uh, no, I just feel like that was important to discuss. Uh, you can have thoughts on it. If And then moving on, just in general, we know that Nick Hill and Nick Baker had recent interviews um, recently about, you know, his, or just in, you know Nick Hill talking more about his about his past and his build up to this, and then Nick Baker talking about uh, he was with Stone the Banowitz on FCS Nation Radio talking about a lot of things. You know, I have some notes, but if you want the quick thoughts on Connor Lair's battle, and then touch on some other things if you'd like. Yeah, definitely. Anytime you hear the c word cancer, it's never a good thing. And uh, just our prayer, our prayers and thoughts are out to him and his family. We're always behind you, even though. Um, you flipped on us late, but don't matter. I mean, that's something that as young as he is, you never want to hear something like that and potentially risk his football career because he's a talented football player. So hate seeing that. Then, yeah, definitely. I mean, interviews this week, obviously the one yesterday where Coach Hill had by himself, we didn't take a lot from the one on Monday, his normal presser. But um, definitely if you haven't listened to one yesterday where he got to talk, about just his career and how he got there, then how he hires a staff and stuff like that, you definitely should go listen to it. Yeah, again, it's just 
more of a background of his career. And obviously people forget he committed to play basketball, West Kentucky, and it built up to his career. Then getting here and coach, uh, coach Jerry kill convincing to play football and off the basketball team. And just a whole conversation about him and Brian and uh, their relationship at this point, but just, it was kind of just a down, uh, uh, history lane with Nick Hill in that interview with Inside the Headset podcast through the FC AFCA. Uh, and then we mentioned Nick Hill's talk with Labanowitz, which I just had a couple of notable things from this. No, he talked about NIU game and how the offense was not what it needed to be, but he gave really uh, good praise to the defense, touted the defense. And he did mention DJ Johnson and Mark Davis because Stone mentioned something about FBS transfers and mentioned the back end guys. And he talked about those two guys. And Nick said the DJ Mark are playing the best uh, they have since both being there in the couple of years they've been there. So that's obviously that's a good sign for us in the current and then moving into the future, especially into tomorrow's game. Game. He did he did mention PJ how he's just a freak. You know, if it's he's tough to block. He's um, you know he's, he's he's just tough to move out of the way. He's tough to get past. PJ will find you and make a tackle. Uh, he did say going 3-0 into the bye this week would be a huge pace to get a home playoff game, which is what he says. That's what the team's uh, main goal was this season. The goal is to get into the playoffs, but he said they really wanted a home playoff game. He did feel like in camp this year that they were a contender. That He did touch on, you know, mentioning how they did, weren't able to finish games last year. And he said how this team's different and how they will be able to finish close games this year. Um he was asked about Stone asked him about our running back. And he said we got like three or four elite dual threat running backs. And it's awesome to have, you know, all of them have fresh legs all the time to where you can have multiple weapons in the backfield, which is stuff we already knew. But he did say there's a level 10 confidence going into tomorrow's game because he said they always have confidence in themselves to go anywhere and beat anybody. And then I mentioned he wants to win conference. Uh, and he and he was asked about, you know, his records by Stone. He said he'll remember the records but they won't mean anything unless we win, which are obviously things he has been saying, but it's cool to ha uh, hear those guys talk about those certain things. And clearly, you know, notable things that we want to touch on in those cool interviews that we did retweet if you guys want to go listen to that. So Noah segueing into the current FCS games and such, but before we know the rankings have been coming out, uh, and we talked about a lot of them on Monday. There's been some coming out, a lot more bracket-styled things we've been seeing of opinionated-wise and – Obviously, we know a new thing that we've been talking about that we're doing is the bracketology of yours. What does it look like this week after this past weekend's games? And clearly this week could be a uh, a big old change on that for next week as well. What's it look like? Yeah, I definitely think um, there's been some movement since last week. Um, I moved some things around where um, if you – SIU has set itself up pretty well, but I think – Obviously, South Dakota State getting a big win over Montana State. I still have um, South Dakota State as the one seed. I know we saw something to, today with FCS Nation having Idaho jump to the one and us the two. Um, I just think right now I just it's too early to do something like that. Um, they just base it off their wins over current resumes, which I do agree. I mean, obviously our win our only two teams with wins over. FBS opponents as us in Idaho. So I get what they're trying to do, but I think they're just trying to get clicks and stuff like that today. But I have South Dakota State as the one seed still. I moved North Dakota State up to two for now, dropped Montana to the three, have Holy Cross the four. Um, then I have William and Mary 
Um, then Furman at the six. I did move us up into the top eight this week. I put us as that eight seed, so we would get the first round by and be a home seed. Obviously, um, as that eight seed, you would get the one seed in the quarterfinals if you were to meet. Um, but just being in the driver's seat right now, obviously it's way too early to think about it, but having a home game back at Saluki Stadium would be awesome. It'd be game-changing, and we just got them mentioning how Nick Baker said that's the team's goal. So we'll, you know, hopefully they live up to it and we'll, we'll hold them to their word on it because it is important. We haven't had it in a long, long time. So um, that that is the ultimate goal. You want to make the playoffs, you want to go on runs, and if you start on the right foot in the second round at home, it gives you a great chance to propel yourself moving forward. So we'll welcome anybody into Suki Stadium if it ever gets to that point. Uh this week's games are some of those teams you mentioned before we get into some Valley schools and what their other matchups are. There are some other notable FCS games like Weber State, highly touted ranked team in the FCS. As we mentioned, they are at number 12 FBS ranked Utah. Be interesting to see what spread that could be. Uh, Utah should win handedly, but Weber's pretty good. That spread could be interesting. Um, you know, there's some other decent Southeast Louisiana at Eastern Washington games like that. Northern Colorado's at ranked at Washington State in the FBS. NC Central, who's a highly touted team this year, they're at UCLA. Uh, just other games like that. No, any other FCS games that stick out to you? And then jump into what all the Valley teams are doing and who they're matched up with. Yeah, definitely think um, there's a couple. I mean, two zero and 2 teams, which are used to being powerhouses, Southeastern Louisiana versus Eastern Washington, who gets their first one there. Um, that's a good one. Furman versus Kennesaw State will be good. Um, just some other games. Western Carolina, Eastern Kentucky, one to watch out for. But, yeah, I mean, there's a good one going on right now. Rhode Island at Maine, that ought to be interesting. But Valley-wise, got some opportunities this week. North- there's uh, Idaho at California. That's a huge one. Yeah, that's they're going for their second FBS win. We'll see what happens there. Don't expect Cal to roll them. But, yeah, Valley-wise, North Dakota at Boise State. So, going to going to get to play on the blue turf, that's a really good opportunity. Expect them to get rolled, though. So, um, Boise State 0-2 on the year, but they should get their first win there. Indiana State, get another payday, going up to Ball State, a MAC program. Um, Ball State coming off playing Georgia. Expect them to roll Indiana State. Lamar on the road at South Dakota. Um, that should be a Lamar's awful, so I expect South Dakota to win that one pretty handily. Robert Morris at Youngstown's interesting matchup. Both teams one and one. Robert Morris a little down, so let's see what Youngstown can do after getting blown out by Ohio State last week. Illinois State entered the top 25 this week on the road at Eastern this week, so trip down to Charleston, see how they do there. Central Arkansas making a trip up to the Fargo Dome. Um, Central Arkansas is supposed to win their conference. I have them winning their conference. So that's that's a potential playoff matchup right there. So that's going to be a good one. UNI's going to get their first win on the road at Idaho State, I would expect, this week. Um, a, and then a future OVC matchup, Lindenwood at Western. So Lindenwood gets a trip to Macomb. Then this is their – I thought it was last week, but – I don't know why this one's a neutral site. Drake 
versus South Dakota State um, in Minneapolis. So thought it was last week would have been much better for Montana State, South Dakota State to be the neutral site game in Minneapolis, but it's Drake. So um, South Dakota State should beat them by 30 easily. Yeah, I don't know why they would have that at Target Field. I just saw them post it on Twitter earlier and say, why would you do all that for a blowout? Definitely should have done it for the state battle or just any other game. That's interesting. But, yeah, Murray at Middle Tennessee, they'll get – Middle Tennessee obviously played Bama week one, and they've lost again since then, but they should beat Murray at home. Um, you mentioned Central Arkansas North Dakota State's an awesome game. Pretty sure Illinois State in Eastern Illinois is a rivalry game. They're making that up to be, you know, this week that that was the case. So it should be interesting. You mentioned Robert Morris. They were picked to finish last in the Big South OVC. Um, so I do – I wonder what that spread will be. Youngstown should roll them. You mentioned how they are both one and one. But I think, Robert, you said they're down, definitely down. Youngstown should win that game big. So some reasonable games and some good ones. And North Dakota State getting another – uh, non-conference, t- non-conference test in North Dakota for sure. FS1, we like to get our games on FS1, maybe someday. Uh, but you're right, some of those other games should be both. South Dakota, I think, will be a little better than people think. You know, they had a tough, you know, played Mizzou. They had small moments, but they could have done a little better in that game and then uh, and won recently. So I think they'll be a little bit better. We'll keep an eye out for that game down the road. So that is what is happening around the league. Uh, real fast, Noah, just – or presser depth chart related, even though we mentioned the presser, not much other notable from the kill. But depth chart wise, small tweak and update. It could have been last week. You said, yeah, it could have been. We didn't really notice it. But Thomas Burks did overtake Jake Bungard on the depth chart, which is the only notable thing. We mentioned Iverson Brown is hurt. For the most part, we think broken hand. He could be in the club. You would think that they'd take him off the depth chart if he was out for a while. Hasn't been the case. I'm sure we won't see him tomorrow. And then Schwindeman as well. Still second behind Aiden Quinn on, in the touchdown or in the tight end. Uh, portion, and I don't know if we'll expect him to play again. We will know nothing until we see the sidelines tomorrow night. So that's really everything updated there. And then we mentioned how, just because I had the Sluki equipment, did confirm that because there are no name plates on the back of the maroon home jerseys, but there are on the whites, uh, an equipment manager on there tweeted at us a while back and said that it, next year they will be on the road, on the home jersey. So that's a good sign. One of the have that forgot to recently. So Noah, this game, it is the War for the Wheel. Let's dive into the Red Hawks. It's an interesting one because it's a blackout at their place. We saw their jerseys, pretty sweet jerseys, can't lie. I'm thinking we're going to wear maroon helmets, white jerseys, maroon pants. I think that's what we always wear there, so they always kind of coordinate in that sense. But, Noah, the Red, the Red Hawks coming into this game pretty beaten and battered. It's a 91st meeting between the two. Go ahead and give us a quick status report on them. We'll dive into their players and just some more facts. Yeah, obviously. I mean, they're they're one and one on the year coming in. Coach Tuke's done a great job, like I said earlier, with his program. Um, they got to play at Kansas State like we did. They didn't score, but then they blow out um, Lindenwood last week. So excited to see what happens. But they're coming in banged up, like you said. Uh, they're potent- They're going to be without their leading receiver Ryan Flournoy broke his wrist. Um, then they're going to be without one of their best returners. Um, so potentially he's in concussion protocol. Then they're banged out in some other places. So definitely going to be an interesting one to see who who starts for them if a guy gets cleared out of concussion protocol because he's a, he's a game changer once it comes to kick returns and punt returns. So 
This is a team where obviously they're they're gonna looks like they're gonna sell out. They're gonna have a big crowd. It's blacked out. Um, but hopefully we bring a lot of maroon and obviously we all know who Gino Hess is. He's been there forever. He's there going to be potentially the all-time leading rusher in the OVC by the end of it. But this is a really good football team who um, quarterback wise, DeLorean's a very good quarterback standing at six, five, um, really pro style guy that could potentially down the road, find an opportunity somewhere. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I think it's if our defense can start out strong and get Geno Hess to just bottle him up the best we can and hopefully don't let DeLorean take the top off because he likes taking deep shots. Um, but defensively, this is a team where they love to play physical defense, and I know that's what Coach Tuke's going to do. So going to be an interesting one. They're banged up. Um, not sure exactly. Like I said, going to be interesting to see who – comes out and plays for them but I'm I'm really excited for this one we got a chance to take the wheel back but um interesting obviously Gino Hess they were saying today I heard Luke Martin and Mike Trude giving Gino Hess's career stats against SIU and he usually has a pretty good game against us so we'll see ex exactly what happens but it's going to be a good one yeah and Gino he's the biggest part of this because he does have that success and um, it's him and Paxton DeLorean. I mean, he came out of nowhere last year and let us up. And the fact that they won't have Flournoy, they will have Vic, they will have Vic. And it's just the fact that, you know, they just have talent everywhere. That's what we've known. And they are having a lot of injuries come to this game. So we thought and figured, you know, this should be a game that we, we should have no doubt going into it to be honest. I mean, even if they were healthy, I would expect this just because you ride momentum and, you know, we've had better, you know, games pound for pound in some areas of like even success clearly. And if we played Lindenwood, we blow them out too. So it's kind of, we need to look at it as a rivalry, but need to look at it as a game where they are on the OVT for a reason. They are better. They are ranked ahead of us right now. They did make the playoffs. They've had success, but we still need to look at them as kind of a little brother kind of thing. And that I don't, I feel like, and that's confidence on my end because of just how great we're playing, but I just think, you know, that's how we need to look at it. You know, it's a place. And if we if history is how it has been, we were great there two years ago. We blew them out and it's important. And they're not the same team they have been, you know, then compared to now. So it's just it's a different in that aspect. But Gino has has been, you know, he finally got his first rushing or a hundred yard rushing game last week. DeLorean, he threw his first it was for 71 passes without an interception this season uh, so far. And he was really good at Lindenwood, as we know. Uh, you know, so it's apparently it's their family weekend game and stuff. So you mentioned sellout. Hopefully it is. Uh, and we know that the whole relationship with him and or with Coach Hill and their coach uh, is uh, he's four and five all time against us at SAU. And we know Nick Hill played for coach when he was quarterback's coach or assistant coach on staff in the early 2000s here at SAU. We know that history. So, uh, Noah, anything else of, of this and the current game before we jump into uh, anything with picks? I mean, we mentioned who else – you you said already who who's banged up, but outside of Flournoy, you know, they got – have you mentioned yet? I'm sorry if you did. Their punter has, has been hurt, and there's a lot – you know, there's a lot of other injuries they got coming into this game. Yeah, their, their punter – 
broke his leg. Um, not sure how, but they are relying on a true freshman punter. Um, we know what that's like. We did it last year. So um, they got a good tight end and Danny Joyner. So it's going to be interesting. Um, banged up, but hopefully um, we can take advantage of it. Obviously, we want to play a team at their full strength, but got a lot of a lot of transfers in a little bit here and there. Um, but going to be Dalen McDonald if he's if he's healthy, he's a he's going to be a game changer on special teams in in the slot. Um, Sam Cook is a Western Illinois transfer on that defense that we were in on, um, an edge rusher. So going to be interesting. A lot of guys who, like I said earlier, once we get there, be able to see who is is ready to play um, for both sides, obviously with us, with Ryan Schwindeman, and see if Iverson Brown is clubbed up. Um, but on their side, if McDonald's ready to go, and some of their DBs have, that have been banged up also. So interesting. Hopefully we got a good we got some good picks. We've been hitting on our picks really good. Like we've been Vegas almost Vegas like on our spread picks. So hopefully we can stay that way. Yeah, and I think that's also, you know, the biggest thing going on in this game is the injuries because we would want to beat them at full strength. And I don't think it's any excuse because at the end of the day. Hey, they're gonna say, okay, you had your best receiver. You okay? They didn't have the best receiver. You had the best running back, had your quarterback, and had good enough receivers and a team where everybody was high on, and you still had enough. And they'll just look at the fact that oh, SL, you got to win there at the end of the year. You know, at the, at the beginning of the year, that can help us during you know seeding time and stuff. That's all that will matter, no matter who's playing and who's not. Because yeah, they have a lot of people uh, missing, but so do we. You mentioned some there, and even keeping an eye on guys like Justin Strong. We said. Didn't play much near the second half of the game due to something he was dealing with. It's like things that, again, we will only know once we get there. And we'll try – we say it again because we forgot it at NIU. And the connection was terrible in, in week one to, like, truly listen to the pregame stuff and listen to everything to even get those other tidbits because those are vital parts of each and every week. Uh, yeah, just, you know, in general, it's it will be a fun trip there. We mentioned, you know – I mean, I think it's so cool, the wheel thing, because, it, you know, it has happened the last six years. And before that, yeah, it used to be a Mississippi River uh, travel over to each and every one. Like, it's just such a cool thing. And it is the game of the week. It is everything. I mean, going into this game, we lead the nation in interceptions. We're tied with Kennesaw State and Alabama A&M with five picks. Obviously, we recorded three of those last week. We're fifth in the nation in sacks right now. Uh, that's at, we're at four in total – or. Per game is four, total of eight, and Tim Vargas leading this with his two. And we're second in the nation in rushing defense, uh, allowing 51 yards per game on the ground. Illinois State is only ahead of us, leading the nation with 46. I guess it's a good thing we won't be playing them this year. But, no, overall, again, it, it's a fun matchup. We'll talk about more at the bitter, bitter end. Let's talk a little bit about this game and what we think a spread could be because – you know, we were kind of narrowing it down. We were right. We've been right almost every week. We say that. And I think we can kind of foresee being favorites in this game. We talked, if we're not, no, I don't think any spread will be over three and a half points in this game, whether it's for them or for us. Both teams, great coming in. What do you think it is? Do you think we'll be right around that number? What number do you think? Yeah, definitely think you, we would should be favored by about three and a half. 
if we're not favored, I think it would just be straight, a straight up pick them. Um, because I think a lot of guys will predict this will be a really close game. I've seen, we've seen some that have us winning by three and some winning, us winning by a touchdown. So, um, think we should be favored on the road. Um, but I think if we're not favored, it'll be a straight up pick them. Agreed. And it'll be, it'll be pretty cool seeing us, uh, which I feel like they would have to have put up the best fight against Kansas state and, had the same score as they did against Lindenwood for them to be like even bigger favorites in this one. But I mentioned the little brother thing where they're a step lower. That doesn't really matter because they're higher than us in the rankings. It wouldn't surprise us either which way. We're thinking we might very well be favorites. That'll be interesting to see. No, if we were to pick some dogs of the game for this one and this important game, we were kind of talking about it earlier and I'll start um, for offense. I think I, I mentioned him earlier and, We've used him a couple of times, and he hasn't been able to get going because he's been getting missed a lot, but he's doing his job. No, that's Deontay Cox, and I, I pretty much mainly pick him because we know two years ago on that field he tried to get a wide receiver screen, and he and he tore his ACL and was out for the year. We didn't get him in that special 2021 offensive season. I'm going to go Deontay because he remembers what happened on that field, and he is our number one guy. He needs to have one of these breakout games. Because their top receivers out, our top receivers got to show up. Noah, who you pick? Yeah, definitely think where this is a game where I think it'll be decently low scoring. So I'd like to see the ground game get going. So I'm gonna go with Justin Strong. I know he's a little bit banged up, but I think Justin Strong can get one going. Be um, a very good in in the run game also, but I think he can also he's a, one of those dual threat guys. So I think it's all purpose yards. Um, I think he can get up to 100 all-purpose yards in this game. Yeah, and even feeding into what some bold predictions could be, a lot of those guys are dual threat. We're hoping Justin is healthy for tomorrow, but he very well could. I want, I'm want i pretty sure he's probably got good career stats against Simo if we were to look back on that. No, I think on defense, we talked about they still would like to throw the ball, even if they can rely on Geno. We like our defense and our that rushing defense that ranks second in the country currently. I like our I like our chances on defense to be able to stop certain facets, but if they're going to throw the ball, Noah Vic is there, and he will be a problem if they do throw. They will throw it a lot of guys. He'll be the main guy, and I think that's got DJ Johnson written all over it. He has been great so far this year. We talked about how he he was near the bottom of the depth or the box score last <clears throat> excuse me last week because they really I guess didn't throw his way. <clears throat> so I feel like if they're going to put they're going to throw it to one guy. DJ is going to be on an island with Vic and be a pivotal part of tomorrow. Knowing a game where we knew Simo was going to end up shredding us at some point. And whether the fact that they're healthy or not, they will throw. And it's important for DJ to do his thing. Though you're defensive and go ahead and give me your specialist dog of the game. Yeah, obviously DJ is a really good selection. Um, but I think it all starts with bottling up Gino Hess and really trying to give this offensive line who's – Kind of a veteran offensive line, has some really good uh, offensive linemen, but I'm going with Cam Bowdry. It all starts up front in the inside the trenches, and I really think that if Cam can have a really good week, um, he can really bottle up Geno, at least get some pushback and force him outside where our linebackers can get downhill or guys on the edge like Varga or Cowan can make really good tackles. So, I really like Cam. He's been very quiet, but that means he's been doing his thing inside if you actually watch the tape. 
Yeah, I, Cam and DJ, I think, are phenomenal picks for those important parts of the reasons why Simo beats people are those the passing game and Geno has. Love that pick for you. For specialist-wise, I think it's going to feed into what my bold prediction could be. I'm going to think Vincent Davis is the uh, is the dog of the game on special teams pregame. I think he gets us a kick return that gets us within the 20 on our end. I think he gets us a, a 60 a 60 to 65 yard kick return, not for a touchdown. That'd be the ultimate of bowl. But I think Vincent gets us a kick return that nets us. You mentioned they have a good kicker and they have some punters that are hurt. Uh, I think if Vincent gets the chance, he's going to take us and get us within the 25 yard end of the red zone. I'll just say gets us in the red zone, one of these kickoffs, but that requires Simo to score. Hopefully they don't do as much, Noah. Like I said, that was my bold prediction with my dog of the game on special teams. What is yours? What is What are both of those for you? Yeah, special teams-wise, I think um, I'm going to go with Thomas Burks, expecting him to be – he's got to make his kicks. If he gets the opportunity to put points on the board, he's got to make it. No ifs, ands, buts about it. So, um, got to make your kicks. I mean, both of him and Jake have been great on PATs. It's just making the field goals. So, if you get the opportunity, it's got to happen. So, excited for it. Um, Thomas got it. If I were to go a bold prediction, um, I think I'll go with uh, I'll go with our defense. I mean, I went with it last week, so I'm gonna stay with a defensive bold prediction. I think a defense can get in this backfield. I think defense goes for five or more TFLs in this game to bottle up Geno Hess. You were right on the turnover margin last week, so I'm pretty. I'm hoping you're right on that one again and continue your good streak. I can definitely see that happening. I mean, NIU is a running team. They couldn't get anything on the ground. Gino, whether Gino's better than their guy and better, would be better in their offense, I don't know. But we were bottling up their runner. I do expect that to happen with Gino Hall, but I don't want to make any guarantees and then prove wrong. But I, that's a good one because – if they're swarming, I think we'll win a lot, Noah. And that's or big. And that segues us into our score predictions and our final predictions. Uh, just because we we mentioned a potential spread and we talked on the last one that FCS Reddit does have their own preconceived predictions on what the spread could be in an over-under. They did have it the five and a half point favorites and over-under 51 and a half. And I think that's where I'm just going to, Segue that from was the over-under note because I'm trying to predict what this final score could be. I definitely think we're going to win this one. Oh, we've kind of been going back and forth. If we think we're going to blow them out or not, they're beaten and battered. We're on a roll. Crazy things happen between the two teams. But, no, I'm going to predict – what did I say? I'm going to predict an 11-point win. I'm going to predict a 24-13 to 13 final score uh, that covers a spread – either which way, and obviously gets the under. You say it kind of could be a, a an under game. I can see that a little bit as well, depending how the vibes are in that tiny stadium. But, Noah, 24 to 13 final score for me. What do you got? And your final thoughts? Yeah, definitely think that it could come down to it. We've seen it here. Um, we got going back to the COVID year, only game in the fall. Uh, Nico Galdoni gets a game-winning field goal, makes it. Um, we've seen some blowouts though, but I think I do like us in this game to be able to take advantage of a uh, banged up football team. So I think I like us 31, 17, um, a two touchdown game. I like our offense to get back where it was. Obviously played a really good front last week. Hopefully our line, um, continues 
their strong season and protects Nick Baker to be able to find our receivers who have been really quiet this year so far. So um, hopefully um, it's a blackout for them. So I expect to see a lot of maroon down there. Like I said earlier, when I was looking and talking to our group chat, less than a hundred tickets left. If you haven't got it, you, hopefully it's no going to the door and getting it because um, there's not a lot of standing room only here. So it's a small place. It seats 10,000. So it's going to be 10,000 there. I can't wait to get down there. It's time they stole one from us last year in a heck of a game in a barn burner um, with Vic catching that game when he touched down there at the end. So it's time to take that wheel back where it belongs, bring it back to Carbondale. And it's going to be an exciting one. Um, it's going to be really nice weather too. So that's a big plus it's fall weather now. So can't wait for this one. Yeah, agreed. And I, the wheel is what the players strive for. We remember when SEMO won last year in that excruciating game and they brought the wheel over to their sidelines or to the middle of the field and celebrated with that. And we made sure we thought, said, I think in the moment, we're going to make sure that doesn't happen again. We know the team feels that way. Um, you know, we plan on getting there at a decent time, hopefully, and getting over and enjoying everything. Um, you're right. And just the fact that I think this hopefully can be a game where we see both sides of the ball explode, whether that is for your 31 points predicted, where we get to that 30-point mark we thought we would have had to get to last week. And then our defense just suffocates, and we do get a two-touchdown or more game. And I think that's very well on the table. And this game sets us up and – we get you know, even if we're banged up, we have the bye week. That's why it's a it's a win win kind of thing. You know, if you lose a close game, you know you lost to a good team. Even though I truly just don't expect to lose because they're beaten and battered, and we're at our full strength for the most part. No matter who we have, we expect to win, win and win big. And like I said, if, if both sides are clicking on all cylinders, I expect to fully take off, have the bye, and just take off from there into the later in the month and then into October. It will be fun. You're right, and we used to be able to get tickets at the gate, and we knew for a fact that wasn't going to be the case this year. And they have, you know, they we remember the thing two years ago. They got new stadium bleachers on the home side. It'll be interesting. I think they got away from the or got rid of the Coliseum style front of their stadium. We'll see. We'll kind of maybe walk around before we go in, and we'll have a recap on our experience and stuff when that comes. We'll try to come to you guys on Monday, like this past week. Noah and I will be in Nashville on Sunday, watching our two NFL teams play the Chargers and the Titans will be fun. And we will want nothing more than to go to that game. After the fact, who knows of who wins that game, but we would love to go to that game with knowing SIU got an awesome road dub that got us to 3-0, which Nick Hill has never done in this program, really has never done in a while. So hopefully we can get the job and looking forward to You said the weather will be fantastic. Yes, we're going with a couple buddies. It will be a good time. Hopefully other people show out as well. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. Looking to get to 3-0. We're excited. See you next week. Go Ducks.